This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Tacos and Testimonies. Man, I was in trouble. I was all alone. And the fight I'm fighting, it was for my soul. I was waiting for a change, but wasn't changing. I was trying not to bend, but I was breaking. I was out of answers. I was out of plans. And the only thing I had to bring were dirty hands. I was looking for a friend, but couldn't find one. I was barely hanging on And like jumper cables to my chest From death to life in just one breath You left an open grave That's the moment my whole world changed I was falling fast This is the right, Casting Lots evening. podcast, and you're listening. Oh. <laughs> Can you all hear me? All right. Can you all hear me? Okay. All right. Good. All right. Sorry. All right. So uh, good evening, everyone. And thanks so much for joining. Uh, today is January 3rd, 2023. Um, this is episode one of Tacos and Testimonies. Um, I'm Tiffany. Many of you know me as Punky Puster. Uh, and with me, I've got my good friend, Steve Hester here. Hey, Steve. Good. How about you? Well, uh, first off, I just want to thank you all so much for being here with us tonight. Um, all the love and support that you all have shown, it just it means the world. And as you can see, we're kind of having some te technical issues here. Um, but just kind of bear with me as I try to figure this all out. Um, but um, first off, Steve, how are you? Would you like to introduce yourself, kind of let everybody know a little bit about you and your background? Oh, wait one second, Steve. They said they can't hear you. No. <laughs> no, we just had it working earlier. All right. Microphone. Right here. This is why. See if they can hear me. All right. How about now, Steve? Can you all hear Steve now? Yep. They're good. 
set. You might hear a little echo, but I've got you muted. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, so I guess um, I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of get started. Um, but before we do, I'd just like to start us off in prayer. So if you would, please all just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us this platform tonight to, to talk about you and uh, just dive into your word, Lord. Um, Please be with me tonight as I, I start this podcast here. Just guide me and direct me in whichever direction you need me to go, Lord. Um, please look after everybody here um, and just keep us all safe, Lord. And, and whoever's meant to hear this tonight, Lord, I pray that their ears hear this. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, um, again, thank you all for joining here. Um, I'm going to... Just give my testimony. Um, so I grew up Catholic. I grew up in a, a two-parent household, and um, I'm very, very blessed to have, um, you know, my mom and dad just lay the foundation for me. Um, we prayed before meals. We didn't necessarily go to church every Sunday, but, you know, we'd go for the holidays, and and we did what we could. Um and in the Catholic religion, we have the seven holy sacraments. And the first one is baptism. I was baptized as an infant. Um, and then the second one, uh, in third grade, I made my first reconciliation, which for those who don't know, that is, uh, you go before the priest, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. My first, you know, my last confession was, and this was my first time, you know, telling the Father my sins. Um, and then I made my first Holy Communion in third grade. Um, and then uh, we lived in the city. And it, it was, you know, a, a really good childhood for me. I have a lot of really good memories. Um, but as the city started getting bad, we ended up moving. Um, and we moved to the suburbs in Illinois. And um, I didn't go to a Catholic school after that. I actually ended up going to a public school but I went to what we call CCD, and that basically was just like, you know, uh, Bible school. And so I made my my next uh, sacrament, which was my confirmation. And you're confirmed with the Holy Spirit at that point, because the church says so. Um, and so after that, I kind of, I fell off, I guess, from the church. I, I didn't go to church. I, I didn't really talk to God. And kind of the way that I look at it is like, God, he's like my best friend, you know, uh, we'll go periods of time without talking. And then it's like, oh, hey, God, it's me. I need this. Can you help me out? You know, and that's kind of how life was for a long time. Um, so mom and dad, if you're listening, close your ears. My teenage years were, <laughs> were kind of a blur. Um, I actually, while my friends were all getting high and drinking, I actually got my first job at 15. And so, you know, I, I bought my first car at 16 and, you know, my parents instilled in me a lot of good values with that. But as I got to about 16 and 17, I found myself uh, dabbling with alcohol. Um, and I wouldn't say I became an alcoholic, but I just I really enjoyed drinking and I could out drink a lot of the guys under the table. <laughs> Jägermeister and, and uh, there's some others. So we're just going to leave that there. Um, but 
you know, I let that devil in. And so um, things just kind of happened. And um, I stopped talking to God. I didn't really know God anymore. Um, and then when I was 17, I had a boyfriend who was on probation. He did a lot of crazy, crazy things. And he ended up crashing my car. And I was so afraid to go home. And my mom kept trying to get a hold of me. And I just was like, oh, man, I'm going to be in so much trouble. And so she found me and she saw my car all smashed up and, and, uh, I couldn't go anywhere. You know, I had no car and I, uh, I just, I couldn't really get to work because I had no car and it was just a really, really rough time in my life. And instead of turning to God, I just, you know, went back to alcohol and then I ended up finding my husband, Matt. So we've been together since we were 17. And after high school, we ended up moving in together. I moved in with him and his mom. And I know a lot of people look down on that. Oh, you shouldn't be, you know, living together before marriage. But again, I didn't really have God in my life. So I, uh, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And my dad stopped talking to me uh, for nine months. And that hurt a lot because, you know, I love my dad with all my heart. And, you know, I've always been a dad's girl. And um, he was just really disappointed. And we know how that feels, you know, Uh a father above when we disappoint him we know it, it hurts us more knowing that we disappointed him you know and the same thing happened with my own dad here on earth so um we ended up moving in together and then we moved back here and we lived with my parents for a while and we got our own place and uh we were together and then we broke up it was a really really bad messy breakup and um it about killed me you know i i was just like i've been with him for seven years i wanted to get married and have kids and he had other plans, so he left and joined the army, and that's when uh, my life just really kind of took a downturn. I I lived with my mom at that point, and I would go out all night drinking, and she'd be waiting up for me. And I will never forget the one night. This is kind of where I, I had a, a little turn in, in all of this. Um, I remember leaving the bar. It was probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and in Illinois, we get a lot of snow and I had an eclipse and I loved that car. That was my baby. And uh, I remember pulling out of the parking lot and my car started sliding and I'm, I'm drunk, just as drunk as can be. Stupid, I know, I know that now. Um, but I remember pulling out of the parking lot and next thing I know, I'm halfway home and I'm at a light and I'm like, I just woke up, like I blacked out while I was driving. And I just sat there for a second at that light thinking, what am I doing? Like I must have sobered up enough just to 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 really focus. And I remember talking to God, like, God, please just let me get home. I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to kill a family. You know, I, I just I really had to start recollecting my thoughts. And so I remember getting home and um, I just prayed. You know, I like I said, Matt and I broke up. He was the love of my life. And I, I was really upset with him. Uh, but I prayed for him. You know, I prayed that he would find somebody that loved him as much as I did and that he'd find happiness. And, um, and I prayed for myself and I stopped drinking for a while and, uh, we, Matt and I started talking again and I went to see him graduate from AIT. And a month later I found out I was pregnant and, uh, I wanted that more than anything in this whole world that that's, you know, being a mom and, and raising a family and with Matt, you know, that's what I wanted. And so um, a month after I found out I was pregnant, then I found out my sister was pregnant. 
And she already had a little one at home. I think he was about two. And so we were pregnant together and my sister was my best friend. And so we were going to raise our, our babies together. And it was just good times. You know, he was in Texas, Matt, and I was still here, here in Illinois. And I, uh, I'm just trying to figure out what am I going to do? I had a job. Should I get a place here? Because in the military, if you're not married, you know, Matt had to live in the barracks, so I couldn't live with him. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to get married just because I was pregnant. So I, I was just so stressed and I, I didn't really know what to do. And we talked about getting married and I went in for an ultrasound at about 14 weeks and I will never forget the ultrasound tech. She, I had my aunt with me, so I didn't have to go alone and she wanted to see the baby. And I remember looking up at the screen and just seeing this beautiful little baby inside of my belly growing. And I was just I couldn't believe it. Like this was our baby. This was my baby. And I, I longed for this. I, I just could not wait to be a mom. And I noticed that the baby wasn't really moving. So I, I figured, ah, oh, you know, maybe it's just a glitch or, you know, maybe she's not moving the, the thing on my belly. And these words will haunt me for the rest of my life. The ultrasound tech looked over at me and told me your baby has no heartbeat. And <laughs> It didn't register at first, and um, I said, okay, okay, uh, could you repeat that? And she, she said, I'm sorry, your baby has no heartbeat, and I'm going to go grab the doctor. And it, my whole life just stood still. This little beautiful baby inside of my belly that I just, I prayed for my whole life. Um, it was hard. And so the doctor came in and and she checked herself and uh, she said the same thing. You know, I had lost my baby. And so um, I walked out of that office and uh, if, you know, I wasn't hurt enough, I just remember seeing this lady. She must have been nine months pregnant and she just had this big old belly and she was just ready, you know, to have her baby and she was going to leave knowing her baby was okay. And I had to leave knowing that I would never meet my baby. So it was just really, really hard. And Matt was in Texas and he, uh, I had to call him with the news and that was hard. He wasn't here with me. I couldn't, how do you tell, you know, the baby's dad, Hey, guess what? I lost the baby. That was hard on me too. And couple of weeks after that, it was just really, really hard. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I was so angry. I was just angry. God, why would you allow me to get pregnant if you didn't want me to have this baby? And I just, oh, the anger, I could still, I just remember. And I just prayed, God, just take me in my sleep. I don't want to live another day. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Just take me, take me home. Get me out of this nightmare. And for probably about a week, I prayed, God, take me. I woke up another day. Just please, God, just take me. Take me home. And then those tears, you know, of anger turned to, to tears of sorrow. I, I mourned my baby. Lord, please just help me get through this. Just let me, you know, just help heal my heart because I don't know how to deal with this. I've, I've never felt so alone. A piece of me had been lost, you know, just taken from me. And I just, I didn't know how to deal with it. 
and Matt was no help. He was dealing with things on his own. You know, he, um, I don't know how, he, I know he drank a lot and that's how he dealt with it. And we couldn't be together when we need each other most. And that was hard. So really all I had to turn to was God. And then those tears of God helped me through this where God, thank you. Thank you for helping me get through this. Thank you for, for letting me live another day, you know, um, just, just help me. And, um, after that, um, that was in August, I ended up getting married in October and I moved to Texas in January and I lived the army life and I was afraid, you know, trying again, I was so afraid of losing another baby. And so he found out he had orders for Iraq. And so we decided, Hey, let's try again. And it took us about six months probably of trying and, and it finally it worked. Um, and I actually went to the, to the doctor's office to find out why I couldn't get pregnant. I thought it was something with me. God just didn't want me to have kids. And uh, I actually found out that I had PCOS, which you could look that up, but um, it, it just takes longer to get pregnant. And, um, but that same day when I was trying to figure out what was wrong, they actually had me take a urine test. And I found out that day that she's like, well, you know, you still can't get pregnant. And I said, well, how do you know? She said, because you're pregnant. <laughs> and I could not believe it. I was beside myself. And uh, I said, okay. And, you know, we tried to do everything that we could to just make sure that I was healthy and, and all of that. And uh, Matt left, I got pregnant in June and he left that November for Iraq. And that was another thing, you know, what if he never comes home? What if I have to raise this baby alone? Um, but I prayed on it, you know, I prayed and um, Matt came home for his mid-tour leave. We planned it right around the time uh, for Caden to be born. And he actually left in November. And about a week later, I had to call him with the news that his grandfather had passed away. And so he had to make the decision if he wanted to come home for Caden's birth or if he wanted to go to be with his family to bury his grandfather and so if he didn't have enough to deal with there you know with me being back home he had to deal with that loss too and so that was really hard on him and um, he actually ended up coming home from when Caden was born his mid-tour leave and uh, I was having really bad um, contractions and I went to the if anybody knows anything about a military hospital they're they're not they're not very good uh, taking care of their patients um and i went in and they put me on a monitor and i was having contractions but i wasn't dilated to four so they wouldn't take me in and so they sent me home and i went back in 12 hours later still same contractions and they said no you're still not at four centimeters you're three and a half go take a walk and i said all right sent back home and i remember taking a bath because these contractions were horrible 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 and um, my water broke and I, I called them because I'm like, I'm not going back in. I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in two days. And they said, well, um, if you feel like your water broke, then come in. I said, well, I don't know. I, I, just, I was in the bathtub. They said, well, you know, just wait a little bit and come back in. Twelve hours later, I went back in and they're like, well, your water broke. We need to get this baby out of you. And I was like, well, they told me not to come in. You know, I had already been in several times. Um, and so they had me in bed and I was in labor and um, for whatever reason, he just didn't would not come out and they didn't know why. 
Well, they ended up doing an emergency C-section and uh, the cord was wrapped around his neck and I was numb from my neck down and Matt was sitting there beside me and I just remember the words of the doctor and excuse my language, but her words were, oh shit, oh shit. And I said, I, I can't move. What do I do? I, Matt, what's happening? And um, Caden was purple when they pulled him out and he had the cord wrapped around his little neck and I wasn't sure if he was even going to live. And uh, so I'm here at this army hospital. They didn't even have a NICU. So they had to rush him to a local hospital and Matt, he, they, they took Caden out of the room and we had no idea what was happening. Nobody would tell us anything. And mind you, he's on mid tour leave. Um, he goes rushing out of the, the room, the operating room, and he's looking for the nurse, somebody, somebody to tell us something. So he grabbed a nurse by the arm. <laughs> That's a no, no, you don't do that. So they had peas rushing at him, ready to arrest him. And he's like, I just want to know what happened to my, my child. They took my child. They're not telling us anything. And so the, the doctor, she came and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, they explained the whole situation. Um, and so he ended up rushing over to the other hospital with Caden and I was here alone with my thoughts and, and I just been cut open and it was the worst pain I've ever experienced in all my life. And I didn't know if my baby was even alive at this point. Um, and so uh, the next morning, Matt came and they wanted to release me 12 hours after having major surgery. I'm like, I can't even walk, you know, and it's military hospital for you. Um, so I, uh, I ended up going to the other hospital about 24 hours after having this major surgery. And they told me that basically Caden was brain dead and they weren't sure if he was going to make it. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, so again, hey, God, it's me. Are you listening? <laughs> uh, you know, I've already lost one baby. Please don't take my other baby after everything I've been through. Um, and even Matt, Matt, he's not a very uh, spiritual person, you know, and, and we're working on that. Um, but he told me, he's like, I haven't prayed in a long, long time, but I'm going to pray for him now. And so we prayed and uh, they did what they call a cool cap. And basically it cools the baby's temperature down um, and basically puts them in a medically induced coma. And he was one of the first uh, 10 babies ever at this hospital to ever try this experimental thing. And uh, just seeing your child there on all these tubes and, and cords and this cool cap and I'm hurting myself and I'm just like, Lord, please help me here. You know, you've already took one baby and I don't even know that I'm ever going to be able to hold this one. And so, uh, we prayed, we prayed, we both prayed so hard and I had people I didn't even know praying for this little boy. And, um, every day, every day they took something new off another tube. And he actually ended up getting pneumonia because while he was in the womb, he was in distress from the cord being wrapped around his neck and he swallowed meconium. And so he just had everything, everything just against him, you know, and this little boy, his name is Caden. And in Gaelic, it means warrior. 
I already had the name picked out before I even knew that he was going to be a little warrior for his life, you know, fighting every day. And after about three weeks, he was good to go home. And I remember the neurologist just saying, you know, of all the children that I've ever seen, I have never seen a baby heal so quickly as I have your son. And even the nurse said, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of babies throughout my 20 years being a nurse. And she's like, your son, he's amazing. We can't explain it. And so um, it, it was just a miracle, a true miracle. And one of the, the uh, what was that? What was his name? Captain Ray. He, I never met this man a day in my life, um, but he asked if he could come to the hospital and pray for my son. And I said, absolutely. And he did. He came to the hospital. He couldn't go in the room, but he prayed. He prayed for my little boy and all the people that were praying, all the prayers. I know that was the power of God, the power of prayer, healing my little boy. And um, we got to take him home and he was home for two days. And then Matt had to go back to Iraq. So I just had a C-section. I could barely move. I'm a first time mom, 1500 miles away from home. My husband's back in Iraq and I'm just like, Lord, all right, this is how we're going to do this. Okay. You're just throwing everything at me. You know, that's fine. We got this. And I prayed and the first couple of months was a struggle, you know, myself healing and this little boy, he was sick still. He had acid reflux and I remember just getting an hour of sleep every night and just rocking him in his little rocker. That's the only way that baby would sleep. And one day he was just sat there crying, just crying, crying, crying. Nothing I could do could stop the crying. And I left him in his playpen and I was just ready to walk out. I felt like I was going to lose my mind, no sleep. And I looked down at this little baby, this little miracle. And he just looked up at me with these little blue eyes like, mom, I love you. And it broke my heart. And at that moment, I said, okay, I got it. We got this. We're going to get through this. And we did. And Matt came home. Caden was about five months at that point. And he just gets home from deployment. We walk in the door and I hand him the baby. I'm like, look, I did this for the past five months. It's your turn. <laughs> just got back from a war zone, but it's your turn. Um, but, you know, we did good. We, we made it through. And I believe with all of my heart that it was through the power of prayer. You know, I, I lost the baby. I prayed for another. He gave me another and we almost lost him. And um, it was just, he was a miracle. And uh, after that, Matt got out of the army. He was uh, medically retired and we had another one. And um, that was just another miracle in itself. And then another one and then another one. <laughs> I said, all right, God, I got it we're done. I think we're done now, you know, four is my limit. And so, um, you know, we, uh, we decided that's, that's, we're not having any more. God took one away, but he blessed us with four more, you know, and I, uh, it was just amazing. You know, all the trials that we had been through, you know, our major breakup and deployment and all that, even losing a baby and we made it through. Um, but then my story doesn't end there. I, uh, I had during the whole Trump era, you know, we all could tell that things were just not right. Something was not right. And I felt it. And then I went down the Q rabbit hole and I, uh, I found out about the children and I know God called me here on this earth for children. I know that that is my, 
my whole purpose in this life is the children. And when I found out all these terrible things that they've done to these children, I lost it. I'm like, why are we not rising up? Why are we not fixing this? Why is our military not doing anything? And I struggled with that. And I prayed and I'm like, Lord, I need to start this Bible because growing up Catholic, we didn't have, you know, they didn't teach us to read the Bible. Instead, we had a Catholic children's Bible that had pictures. It was a storybook. And so, um, you know, that, that was how I knew the Bible. I knew the Bible stories, but I didn't really know Jesus. They put some so much emphasis on Mary and the saints and not enough emphasis on Jesus. And I knew that early on. I was like, this, I think that's why I fell away so much from, from God was just because I saw the hypocrisy in the, the Catholic religion. And I'm not bashing anybody that's Catholic. That laid my foundation for who I am today. And I'm forever grateful for that. But I shouldn't have to go to a man to talk to God. I shouldn't have to confess my sins to a man who I'm supposed to call father and 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 talk to my father in heaven that that's not right and so um so when all this was happening with the children um i prayed i was like lord can we fix this how do we fix this what do we have to do and i remember one night i was taking a bath and that's when i talked that's my quiet time that's when i talked to god and i don't ever watch tv i've never been a big tv watcher but for some reason i, I think i had the news on that night and um I heard John, it was, it was a, a commercial for a Bible app and it was John. It wasn't John three sixteen. I don't remember the exact verse, but I was praying to God, asking him for an answer. And he literally gave it to me through this Bible verse. And I said, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to read the Bible. I need to start a Bible study. And at this point I had already been listening to Scott's show. And so I knew, you know, some people that I talked to and we started a Bible study and <laughs> it was a mess it was a mess in the beginning we didn't know what we were doing and we had some people in this bible study who i believe were real christians i don't believe that they ever had any intention of truly getting to know christ i think it was more the devil working and i tried everything i could to help this this person and they they just didn't want the help you know, and so I prayed and I prayed to God. I said, Lord, please help me fix this. I don't know what to do. I'm trying. Um, just please help me. And so um, Vicki, if you're listening, Vicki, um, she met this woman named Catherine uh, through through uh, Scott's show, Bards FM. And, you know, Vicki was telling her about our Bible study and Catherine had said that her and her husband were looking to join a Bible study. And so Steve and Catherine came to our Bible study, and that's when I met Steve. And Steve, I didn't realize at the time, was he studied theology. He, um, <laughs> he studied the Bible, and he went to school for this, and he was a pastor, and he, he knew the word. And I had prayed for this because I was so lost. I didn't know where to start. And God sent me this, this beautiful person here to, to teach me all the things that I wanted to be taught. And I thank Steve and Catherine both so much for all that they've done for me personally and for our Bible study. Because without Steve, I don't really know that I would know Jesus the way that I know him now. And I... Um, I thank you, Steve, from the bottom of my heart for, for taking the time out of your day every day to 
to just teach me and to teach me the word and to answer all the questions that I have. And these past couple of years have just been absolutely amazing. I have got to know Jesus. I I have a relationship with him, one that I never had. I knew God, but I didn't know his son the way I know him now. And since I truly, you know, I, I died. I died and I was born again through Jesus Christ. And he is my savior. And since that, I my whole life has changed for the good. I don't worry. I don't stress. I mean, of course, you know, we've got our daily stressors, but I don't worry. I know that God wins in the end. I know that. And there is nothing that is ever going to take that away. You know, they the devil can try and he tries. Oh, he tries every day. But I, I don't let that bother me. Not today, Satan. Those are my favorite words. Not today, Satan. And um, since then, you know, I prayed for a church. Uh, like I said, I grew up in the Catholic Church and I refused to allow my children to grow up in that church just for different personal reasons. And um, I found this church through my aunt. She said, hey, do you want to come to church with us? It's not a Catholic church, but it's a good church. And I was like, okay. So we, I'm not a morning person for those who know me. Um, I woke up early on a Sunday morning and we went to this church and it has been such a blessing. The music that they play, it's so uplifting and, and the people there. And I've actually become involved in the church. Um, I would go on Tuesday nights with the kids and we'd help get um, VBS ready. That's vocational Bible study for the children for the summer. It's one week in the summer. Um, so we spent a couple of months just getting the set ready and painting and just putting all this stuff together. Um, and uh, we did VBS this summer. It's the first time my kids have ever done it and they loved it. And I was a leader there. I had a, a you know, a big group of kids that I would, just run around with every day and we talked about Jesus and and uh, that's been really great and then Awana I do every Sunday night and basically what that is is the kids they get this handbook and they get to um, know a verse or two every week and they recite the verse they memorize it and then we go to Awana and we'll have like 20 minutes of play time and then we'll do Bible study and uh, the pastor he's awesome pastor bill he gives a sermon to the kids and he just you know teaches them and encourage them to try to bring other kids to christ and i'm a leader there and i've got five little boys that i'm teaching them as i'm learning myself how to read the bible how to find the different scriptures and you know old testament and new testament so as i'm teaching these little people i'm learning myself you know every day my faith just continues to grow stronger and um you know, I, I look back at my life starting out as, you know, just a young child and, you know, talking to God. And I see how different our relationship is. You know, back then I didn't know the things that I know now. And now I know God and he's got a good sense of humor. I'll give him that. You know, some days I'm just like, really? All right, God, I got the message, you know. And other times we, we have to learn these lessons the hard God brought me to my knees that day that I lost my baby. And it was at that moment of my life that I, I gave everything up and I said, all right, Lord, I have no control over my life. You're in control. You know, I got it. Like there's nothing I can do. And, and I, it was that moment that I truly realized that I'm not in control of my life. I can control the things that I wear, the food that I eat, but 
I can't control the big things, you know, and that's where your faith comes in. And that morning after I had, I had to have a DNC, which they go in and remove the baby because my body didn't pass the baby naturally. Um, that day I came home and my brother had just mowed the grass the day before. And in the middle of the lawn, there's this little purple flower, just one, one little purple flower. And I know that that was my baby girl telling me it was a girl. Um, that she was okay. And I looked up what this flower was, and it said that that flower was a sign of faith. <laughs> so we decided to name our baby Faith. And every year, she would have been born on February 12th. Every year we celebrate her, and we just, you know, remind the kids that they have a sister in heaven that they're going to get to meet someday. And we'll have a little cake for her, and we, we just, you know, it's just a good reminder that um, better days are coming and I will get to hold that little girl someday. I know that. I know she's going to be waiting for me right there with Jesus. And, you know, a lot of people ask me how many kids I have and I'll say four and they'll say, no, mom, you've got five. You've got, you know, baby faith in heaven, you know, so it, it's, it's good to know that my kids, they, they know that too, you know, they know that, um, they're going to have a sister waiting for them in heaven someday, and we're all going to be united. And and really, that's that's my my story, you know. And I know that I'm going to have a lot more of this story someday as I'm older to tell my kids. But um, God has to bring us to our knees. He has to to put us in this situation. We have to relinquish all control and realize that He's in control. We're not in control. And, you know, for some people that could be drugs, some people that could be, you know, the loss of a loved one. And there's so many different things that will bring us to our knees. But when we truly give it all up to God, I think that's when we can just be who we're meant to be. You know, we come to Jesus and it's our job now to, to bring others to Jesus. And I hope that you know, somebody out there may listen to this and, and maybe experience the same situation. And I know a lot of people like myself, when you lose a child, that is the hardest thing that I think any human can ever experience is the loss of a child, because that was a part of you. And um, it's not easy. It's not easy knowing that, you know, God gave me this little person, then he took him away. But just like Job, you know, Job, he lost everything. He lost his home. He lost his kids, but he still trusted in the Lord to, to do what God had to do, you know, and so many people scoffed at him for that. Well, how could you trust in a God that, that gave you all this and took it away? But even though he took all that away, he still blessed him after that because Job decided and trusted in the Lord that, that he would take care of him. And the same thing happened with me. I trusted that God was going to take care of me and and he did. He blessed me with four more beautiful babies. And I still believe that my little baby in heaven was looking after Caden when he was sick, you know, just watching over him. And um, so if you take anything away from this, it's just that know that, yes, bad things are going to happen in our life. But when we put all of our faith in the Lord, um, it's just amazing to witness all the blessings that he will give you. You know, and we just have to keep reminding ourselves that, especially in the days like today, you know, we've got all this crazy going around in this world and 
some days it just seems like it's never ending. But when you have faith, you can move mountains. And that's what we're doing here. You know, our podcast, our Godcast, as Rod calls them. We, we're doing this for God. This is his podcast. And he's just using me as a vessel. He's using me to tell my story, to reach others, to disciple and, and to bring others to God. That's, that's our job here, you know, and raising our kids, that's where it's all going to start building that foundation for these little ones and making sure that they're raised up right because these schools, we see what they're doing to them. And we can't allow that. We have to start here at home in our counties. And as Scott always says, you know, the seven pillars, county by county, that's how we're going to win this. And we just, uh, we just have to have faith, trust in the Lord, because he will. I promise you, I am living testimony that he will take care of you. You just have to trust in him. So uh, thank you all for listening to my testimony. Um, again, I appreciate you all being here and listening and, and just being a part of this this podcast here. Um, and I don't know, can you hear Steve? Steve, can you? Yeah, yeah, hopefully people can hear me. Can you all hear Steve? I can't see. Can they hear me? Barely, they said. Hang on, we're going to try to turn that up. One second. Sorry, we're still trying to get all the kinks worked out here. I got Runner over here trying to figure all this out for me. (laughs) He's my tech guy. Tell me when. All right, Steve, he's trying to we had it all worked out earlier and then i don't know satan's like hey guess what you're not going to do this oh yes i am it was working yeah is the volume better now can you all hear him no no okay well we're gonna have to figure this whole thing out here um, but I don't know if Steve, if you'd like to come on next week and maybe you can give your testimony. Like I said, you know, Steve's a big part of my testimony here. And I, um, I really, I've got him some really to thank for, for helping me through this crazy journey that I've been on. Um, but, um, my next show I'm going to do is going to be on Thursday and that's going to be unschooling scholars. It's going to be at the same time from six to 7 PM. Uh, central time. And um, I'm going to be talking more about homeschooling and homesteading and um, all that good stuff. And then um, I was going to have Steve close us in prayer, but since we can't hear that, I guess I will give a closing prayer here. Um, So if you all would just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time to be able to to just talk about you and all of your blessings that you have given to all of us here, Lord. We all have our testimony. We were all brought to you some way, shape, or form, Lord. And you you work in your ways, Lord, and we just have to continue trusting in that, Lord. We ask that you continue just to, to guide us and to help us plant the seeds for those around us, Lord, to help bring them to you. We know that we're living in dark times, Lord, but You are our light, and we need to be the light for others, Lord. We ask that you help just guiding us to plant the seeds and to to help bring others to you so that we can all just feel this love that I feel from you, Lord. We ask that you help heal those of us that are sick, that are feeling unwell, whether it be 
physically or mentally, Lord, we all struggle with things. And sometimes it's, it's hard to just let go of all of that and just trust that you, you know, what's best for us, Lord. Um, those that are starting their podcast, Lord, please be with them and guide them too, Lord, so we can bring more people to you. We're building this army for you, Lord. All of this is for you and through you, Lord. Uh, we ask that you be with all of us here tonight, Lord, and put your hedge of protection around all of us and keep us safe from all the evil that surrounds us, Lord. Um, and until we meet again, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you all so much. Um, don't forget to listen to Scott's Bards FM tonight at 8 p.m. Central, which is followed by Kilted Christian at 930. Uh, also, there's the Big Bear, Little Bear Big Bear show with Everett and his family on Saturdays. Um, and Conley just started his show. I think he just uploaded uh, his latest podcast up there um, and the Shemaine show and uh, Rod and Mary with their show, the official Godcast, which I will be on on Friday. Um, we're building our army here, guys. And, you know, if you all ever want to come on my show, come on. You know, I, I'm here. I would love to have you all on. And um, again, thank you all so much for joining us. And I love you all so very much. And I'm so blessed to have found you all and be a part of this wonderful family. Um, go in peace. Love you and God bless. Like a soldier with no armor In the middle of the battle I was broken I was broken It was only getting darker In the valley of the shadow I was hopeless I was hopeless I never thought that I would ever see the day When every single chain would break or hear the voice of heaven call my name Then Christ came Changing everything He took my sin and shame away Now every song I sing will be for Him Ever since the moment He walked in Then Christ came I was searching for a reason to believe that I could ever really matter, ever matter. I was open, I was reaching, so desperate for my soul to find its savior. I leave a savior, then Christ came. 